This is I Don't Care If You Listen Podcast with my mom, Shawnee, and my auntie, Leonica. This is episode 21. Happy New Year. Birthday. His real birthday was good. His real birthday was fun. We went to uh, Red Lobster because he had to have Red Lobster because he loves the biscuits. And then... Oh, yeah. Yep. And then we went to um, some friends of ours here. They have every year this, you know, Christmas Eve open house. So we mm-hmm. take a cake. We'll, we last year we took a cake. This year we took a cake, and the kids sing happy birthday to him. And I think some of the kids were annoyed because they had this thing at at the school. By the way, welcome back. I don't care if you listen. Episode twenty one. I'm Shalini. She's Leonica. We're glad you're here. Happy post holiday and happy Kwanzaa. Um, but we were just talking about my son Chathan's birthday, and his birthday is on Christmas Eve. But anyways, um, there's this song that they do at the happy birthday singing and it's like a tradition with the school or something with the school where they have something about you know ha 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 cha 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 something back to africa eat more chicken it's like some chick-fil-a thing and i okay right but i don't like it at all and so when they did it at his birthday party I asked Chathan, I was like do you like that Chathan? and he was like no i don't know why they do that i don't like that song and he was like, it distracts me from making my wish because I can't think of what my wish is because they just come in and they go, yeah, 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 cha, 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 blah, 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 send him back to Africa. And I never liked the way it sounded because something about it sounded off to me. You know, like there's these oral traditions that are passed through schools and generations and they might not question them. But there's like when I hear things like chicken and Africa and send him back and I'm just like, I don't really know what it is, but I'm not into it and don't say it, please. So Yeah, especially to my child. Right. And so when he said it bothered him, like, I didn't want to be the parent that was, like, taking him out of this, like, whatever school tradition thing. But at the same time, I was questioning what what the, what is it, you right. know? And then he... Now, my son would love it, but he loves chicken. And he makes songs about chicken all the time. <laughs> That's funny. But- you know, that's something that we do in the context of our home. Do I need to have the chicken talk with my kid? Let him know about chicken in public? I don't know if you need to have the chicken talk with him. I went and looked up this thing and looked it up on Reddit to see what it was. And I couldn't, it was like a rabbit hole. I couldn't figure out exactly where it came from. But all I could really figure out was that it had something to do with Chick-fil-A. And from what I know of Chick-fil-A's policies... They are anti a lot of people. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if they had published some sort of song or something that was about eat, eat more chicken is the Chick-fil-A like tagline because right. they want you to eat chicken. And then, so their displays are always these cows and, you know, like save the cows, eat the chickens. Like, so from a marketing standpoint, I get it. But when you combine it with send them back to Africa, eat more chicken, Whatever you're saying in between Don't there. Don't have abortions. Only have heterosexual relations. Right. Like, all I could think of is Chick-fil-A trying to infiltrate, like, children's minds with some kind of catchy happy birthday gimmick. Like, it wasn't it wasn't sitting well with me. It was just random. I think he brought it up. I, however it came up, but I asked them, one of the kids, I was like, hey, do you mind not doing that? But, yes, yeah, so they didn't do it at the Christmas Eve one, which I was thankful for. And he was happy he could focus on his wish. But it was one of those things where I felt a little weird taking a stand like saying something and then I was like no that's the type of stuff I need to step up and say he doesn't need to be exposed to that if it's something that I'm even questioning a little bit yeah it's and it's hard to be that person but if we don't who will
And I'm telling you, if that, I would have been like, what the, f go back to Africa. Right, right. <laughs> Hold up, wait, wait a, a minute. minute. I ain't never been to Africa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I don't know what how are it. you saying? I don't know how it got to be like a chanty, you know, kids like thing they do with happy birthdays. Like, I don't know how it got to be that way. But I'm okay with being the mom that's like, not today. Right, not that. No. I'm sorry. It's, no. it's The world is too intense for that. Yeah. And if your kids are going to grow up to college and sing a song like that, it's going to be problems. Yeah. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. The podcast with Shalini and Miyamika. Christmas is a little bit like, I don't know, I didn't really want to spend, spend, but I still wanted him to have a good Christmas, so, I don't know, it's like, my kid gets stuff all year long, I was just kind of like, damn, how much I gotta get you, dude? <laughs> right, right, okay, uh, don't feel bad, you aren't the only one, I'm always like that, like, that's the opportunity to, okay, we're gonna get winter clothes, and, Right, we got know. some socks, we got some jackets, we got a robe, because you really wanted a bathrobe, and I get that, so we got your robe, yay, you know. Yeah, a few little games here and there that you deserve, or this is an, an entitlement. You know what I mean? It's that's the thing that bothers me. It's so much pressure on parents. To, so much. It, it's just way too much pressure, and then you give somebody else the credit that you don't even know <laughs> that can't even fit down your damn chimney. And it's supposed to be. It was to the point where. The two Christmas movies that my kid watched. And I like I get into the spirit of Christmas now because I have a Christmas Eve kid. Before, I hated Christmas stuff because I worked in radio and we would like go crazy with Christmas music and I'd just be like, stop it. But now I enjoy it. But he watched The Christmas Chronicles, which is Kurt Russell. Cute movie, Kurt Russell. And then he watched The Santa Claus, which is the, the guy, Tim Allen, the guy from the Home Improvement Guy. Like, I'm not trying to like kill your buzz or anything but the reason that i like the santa claus movie is because then it could be a different santa like it can always like mm -hmm. transfer into different santas this whole like old white guy being like the only good guy and here i was trying to celebrate the volley with my kid but i was beating myself up for not doing enough to celebrate it enough like why couldn't i give him a lot of gifts at the volley instead why do i got to make it seem like this old white guy is just dropping in and dropping a bunch of gifts off what's mm -hmm. that about I also want him to have fun and I want him to enjoy it, but I... Nobody in my family acknowledges Kwanzaa. I'm the only one that does anything with Kwanzaa and, and that my extent of that is like posting on Facebook. But I would so much rather celebrate Kwanzaa than Christmas. But you can't not, and it's fun to do some of it. And I, sh I don't yeah, say you can't is. not. Like, I got a Christmas tree. Me I too. got yeah. <laughs> Me too. La 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 la. I, I enjoy it. I get into it. I just, I got to tell you, I, I sometimes feel it's like... It's the commercialization of it. The pressure. It just is a lot of pressure to just be so, do everything exactly right and exact every, everything so that your kid doesn't feel left out from other kids. But it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's fun. Like, enjoy the fun stuff. Girl, he twice has had little, like, pout meltdown things. I'm like, no, 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 Everything I'm doing over these next couple of days is all about you having fun. You better chill out and enjoy it. Because one little pout. Have some fun or else. Or else. 
I said it is fun time, fun time on. I don't want any sad faces. It is fun time only. You need to say it with a smile, mom. <laughs> I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. The podcast with Shalini and Liana. I don't care if you listen. Episode 21. So you said there's a lot to cover. When I texted you while I was waiting for my computer to update, I was more thinking of maybe we should have a, a shutdown and a ban on talking about 45 since he's got a government shutdown going on. We won't talk about his lame ass. But you just shared some news. That's my dog. Take that. That's my dog. That's my dog. You have an article that's going to be published in Women's Lifestyle tomorrow. Is this going to be print, online? What are we talking here? It'll be both. So it's a local publication. Actually, I have a copy right here of December's issue. So it comes out once a month and it goes to like doctor's offices and coffee shops and just local businesses around town. So what are you talking about in your article? I am talking about... Diversity and inclusion. No, but that's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. That is is coming. We we met this afternoon and talked about the calendar for next year and different ways I can contribute. So we are republishing an article from my blog that I posted actually a year ago today. It's called Seven Steps to Keep Curly Hair Moisturized in the Winter. Beautiful. Winter in Michigan is a mug. I know you don't miss that, but then again, you got humidity. But it's definitely, my hair has changed down here. It's much drier than it's ever been, but... Really? Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with the hard water. We had a water softener in Michigan, but that's awesome, Lee. Congratulations. If anybody got to say anything, you let me know. That's my dog. You need to condition deep conditioner and i'm letting all the whites grow out and the white hair is a total different texture than the black hair girl white hair is so unruly it is my white hair is really like it's a 50 50 shot some of it is like nice and smooth and some of it's just you know nappy yeah it does what it wants yeah but you know it cracks me up i can't with the color anymore i sometimes think like man people really must think i'm crazy let my hair grow white like this but i really don't care because coloring it was really hard for me why would they when people are dyeing their hair gray for fashion yeah but see mine looks like old gray mine doesn't look like fashion gray mine looks like straight up you is old gray i'm gonna be 43 in a couple days here really okay but you're not that old 43 isn't that old and no it doesn't actually it looks like you got highlights no well thank you because it just looks like old people hair to me but i can't color it anymore i can't do it no and the more it grows out it looks even better yeah so enjoy i'm excited about your article so we're gonna you're gonna share the link it is womanslifestyle.com fantastic do we want to talk about world shit because lee there's so much shit which where do you want to go what do you want to start with well, we don't necessarily have to talk about the dickhead. I mean, 45. But another thing that's interesting that just popped up right before our call was Kevin Spacey. Management wants you gone by the end of the day. Well, just what sort of severance package is management prepared to offer me, considering the information I have about our editorial director buying pussy with company money, which I think would interest the IRS since it technically constitutes fraud. And I'm sure that some of our advertisers and rival publications might like to know about it as well, not to mention Craig's wife. 
What do you want? One year's salary with benefits. I paid for a master class on acting, a digital class with Kevin Spacey, right before the initial accusations came out. Oh, man. Yeah, that made me sad. So what's the new? They they have video of him groping a busboy. 18-year-old, <laughs> according to CNN, the 18-year-old who said that actor Kevin Spacey groped him at a Nantucket bar in 2016 took Snapchat video of the alleged assault, and investigators have that video, according to a criminal complaint filed in Nantucket District Court. The busboy, 18 at the time, told Spacey he was 23 and studying business at Wake Forest University, according to the complaint. That night, Spacey bought him a number of alcoholic drinks, bragged to him about the size of his penis, and tried to get the busboy to back and tried to get the busboy back to his house afterward. The accuser told police in the complaint. I don't know how to feel about it. I was saddened by the first accusations because I really liked him as an actor and respected him. He seemed like a respectful dude, but that sucks. Now I'm not surprised about anything anymore. I told you my threshold for surprise is gone. Shock and awe is officially no longer with me. <laughs> I just have to compartmentalize it and just recognize that people are are binary. You know what I mean? They're good parts of people. They're bad parts of people. And he's still a great actor with a lot of skills and, and talent. He just has some struggles in his personal life, like most people. And, you know, that's kind of the conversation I was having with the editor today about the newspapers, that people are, are so vulnerable, but we, we don't like to admit our vulnerabilities and our weaknesses and our psychosis. And <laughs> Fetishes. Everybody wants to make it seem like they've got it all together in a Martha Stewart, Ikea, Amazon Martha way. Martha doesn't even have it all together. And nobody has their shit together, right? Everybody's got their <laughs> own. But you know what? That, that's what they say about Pisces, by the way. My Zodiac sister. Either. They say about Pisces that Pisces have a life that everybody knows about, and then they have a life that nobody knows about. Our dream life is all in our head. <laughs> What's wrong with that? The president has an alternate reality in his head. <laughs> no, he does not have an alternate reality. He has his own reality. That's yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what he's got in there. At least I know I can jump back and to and from this mother sucker. He <laughs> he stays there. He doesn't leave for a break. He isn't binary. He is just very singular and scary. Yep. But we're not talking about him. We're having a strike from him, except for the whole Santa Claus thing. I don't know how anybody's surprised that he blew the Santa Claus surprise for kids. Like, shocker. He's total trash. Sorry. Wait, what? Apparently, they, him and his wife do some call for Christmas. You know, they call out kids, you know, just to say Merry Christmas from the president or whatever. And apparently he said to some kid, oh, you still believe in, you still believe in Santa Claus, huh? Some seven-year-old. You still believe in Santa Claus, huh? Isn't that marginal these days? At this point, at seven. What? You didn't hear about that? Yeah, check that no. out. Oh my god, he is such an idiot. Like, I could, uh, you know, I was like, how is anybody surprised? He, he what wants... seven-year-old knows what marginal is? Well, I think it's funny that he saved his big word for a seven-year-old. <laughs> right. But he just has no tact. He like when he called the grieving officers, you know. The, the parents and the families of the officers who died in combat and service. 
I think that was about this time last year where he, he caught and just said some really dumb stuff. Well, it's, you know, that's part of their sacrifice. You said he lied to the troops, too. Yeah, about their raises, saying that they get a 10% raise because of him. Donald Trump answering a phone call from a seven-year-old on Christmas Eve. Are you still a believer in Santa? Because at seven, it's marginal, right? That's what he said. Yes, sir. The child, Kalman, responded twice. She had spoken with the president for at least 10 seconds before he suggested that her parents had been lying to her all her life. <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> oh, he's such a schmuck. Wow. Lying to the troops. Telling the little girl Santa ain't real. You know, whatever else. What else? Well, okay, so... um, Would you let him talk to your child? No. I would not let him talk to my child. I can barely leave the TV on when my, when my kid's in the room when he's on the news. And I watch all kinds <sighs> of stuff. I'll watch a lot of stuff, but I won't let him be on there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's bad. I know your threshold. You know... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's probably a lot like mine. My kid watches yeah, Married right. at First Sight with me on TLC. It's trash, but we watch it. Teen Mom, every now and again, he'll watch with me. Vanderpump Rules, they're trashy and stuff, but I'll let them watch that before I let them watch The President. <laughs> Flat out. Yes. Flat out. Girl, me too. My kid can play Grand Theft Auto, but he cannot listen to that idiot. <laughs> I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. A podcast with Shalini and Bianca. Covered a whole range of topics. One of the ones that you and I have kind of been going on about on uh, the I Don't Care If You Listen podcast is the Jamal Khashoggi case. Yes. And uh, the Saudi king, this is from CNN, I just came across this. Saudi king shakes up government in wake of Khashoggi killing. Saudi Arabia's mm-hmm. king, Salman, ordered a government reshuffle on Thursday, appointing new foreign minister, refreshing other top posts after the global fallout over the killing of the Saudi journalists. So... It's probably a, a good guess that, you know, there's a little covering up going on. Yeah. Key U.S. senators were briefed by the CIA on their assessment of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi's killing. They were horrified and said so publicly. And now a source has given CNN a briefing on a transcript of that audio recording of Khashoggi's final moments. CNN's Nick Robertson was provided the details of the translated transcript reproduced in this report of that audio. And it correlates with the CIA finding that the Saudi team sent to Istanbul came with the intent to kill. CNN can now reveal Jamal Khashoggi's last words. I can't breathe, I can't breathe. These previously undisclosed details of what happened that afternoon in October come from a source who's been briefed on the investigation. The source has read a full transcript of an audio recording of Khashoggi's horrific final moments. Within moments of his fateful steps into the consulate, Khashoggi recognizes someone, asks why they are there. The answer? You are coming back. According to CNN's source, the Turkish transcript identifies that person as Mahir Abdulaziz Mutreb, a former Saudi diplomat and intelligence official working for Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, whom Khashoggi knew. Khashoggi is clearly alarmed and replies, you can't do that. People are waiting outside for me. According to the source, the conversation ends right there. The transcript indicates noises as people set upon Khashoggi 
And very quickly, Khashoggi can be heard saying, I can't breathe. He repeats it again. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. What happens belies initial Saudi claims. His death was a grave mistake. CNN source says it's clear from his reading of the transcript. Khashoggi's murder was no botched rendition attempt, but the execution of a premeditated plan to murder the journalist. But it is what happens next that is really horrific. The transcript records many voices and noises, then says scream from Jamal. Again, scream, then gasping. Noises are identified as saw and cutting. Then a voice Turkish authorities identify as Dr. Saleh Mohammed Al-Tubeki, the head of forensic medicine at Saudi Arabia's Interior Ministry. He says, if you don't like the noise, put your earphones in or listen to music like me. According to the source, Matreb, the apparent leader of the team, makes at least three phone calls during the murder to a number Turkish officials identify as being in the Saudi royal court. Only Matreb's side of the conversation can be heard, but there is no sense of panic or of an operation gone wrong. Matreb tells the person in Riyadh, tell yours, that the source takes to mean your boss or your senior. The thing is done. It's done. And I didn't realize that the final, final cause of death was overdose by a sedative. They injected him with something. I thought that it was suffocation. Wow. I thought it was shock from being dismembered. I want to continue to follow that because... It, it, it's just a heartbreaking story. It's just like one of those life events in, in the timeline of my life that I will never forget. Kind of like when the Nigerian girls were kidnapped, bring back our girls. That was just Ugh. unbelievably I don't horrendous. know that all of those girls have been brought back. No, they haven't. I mean, some of them were, tr were trained to be um, suicide bombers. Ugh. Some of them have been made wives and are having children of some of the military men who oh. kidnapped them. They... I saw some of Oprah's video from her holiday. I think she has some of the girls from her school in Africa come to her house for Christmas. I think she's built relationships with a few of those girls. They're part of the Oprah family now. I just wish we could do that with a lot more girls from around the world. <laughs> just bring them in and be like, yo... Well, you know, the most admired woman in America is doing that. The Barack Obama Foundation, or the Obama Foundation, yep. sorry, is, is working on yep. ensuring that more and more girls are able to receive their education. I am so down with that. Absolutely. How's the book going? Have you finished it, by the way? Uh, no, I have not. I need to get back on that. I got two chapters done. Nice. I feel like I'm going to reach out to the Obama Foundation on that. And even if it's just a matter of calling for them or something. I think that's a big thing is is helping the girls of the world recognize or at least access their potential a little bit. Exactly. Because, you Give know, I do some talk hope. a lot about privilege, yeah. but that is part of our national heritage yeah. as being citizens of the United States is we have an opportunity to be educated as a woman where so many don't have that opportunity. Yeah. I am woman, hear me roar in numbers too big to ignore. 
definitely something taking that for granted and I mean just think about all the millions of girls that just you know it's a question whether or not they gotta just be a baby breeder by a certain age exactly and then they can't even choose who they're breeding with exactly it's ridiculous so yeah Michelle Obama ended Hillary Clinton's run as the most admired woman for the first time in 17 years, a woman other than Hillary Clinton has been named by Americans as the woman they admire most. Former First Lady Michelle Obama, who finished second to Clinton three times and is currently touring to promote her recently released autobiography, won by a significant margin this year. Oprah Winfrey was second, Clinton and Melania Trump next. Whoa, Melania made the list. Look at her. She'd be honored to be on that list, homegirl. Just saying. On that list, you've got Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Hillary Clinton, Melania Trump. Sorry, I don't know how or why or... Queen Elizabeth, Angela Merkel, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ellen DeGeneres, Nikki Haley, Malala Yousafzai, and Nancy Pelosi. As far as, RBG! You know, I said to Chris, it's nice that they've got this movie coming out about her, but there's this superstitious part of me that just wants everybody to stop talking about her. Just let's stop talking about RBG. Let's just... because. <laughs> let's... Okay, listen, Miss Superstition. <laughs> Girl, we gotta keep her alive. We gotta keep her alive. I just don't want anybody to put mojo on her. I feel like and, I just want to say prayers around her body. Like let's like. And, and that's why we're. That's what we're doing. That's why we said it. RBG. We said that with confidence, with force, with strength, with power, and we're sending that energy to her, so that she can heal and stay strong and stay alive and working for at least two more years. <laughs> such a flawed system that this poor old lady can't grow old in peace. You want to hear who the most admired men are? Because when I tell you, I'm a little annoyed by the list, frankly. Well, that's not a surprise. Barack Obama's first, Donald Trump's second, George Bush third, Pope Francis, then Bill Gates, Bernie Sanders, Bill Clinton, the Dalai Lama, Joe Biden, Elon Musk, and then Mike Pence. vomit the dalai lama is less admired than donald trump less admired than george bush pope francis bill gates bernie sanders or bill clinton he's more admired than joe biden elon musk and mike pence well thank god for that ridiculous a gallup poll is from gallup.com well you know people they never change anyway i wish they would admire somebody that's doing something respectable like i mean i I would have put colin on that list for sure Heck yeah, but you know the conservatives are not going to do that. I always think about the Colin Kaepernick versus Tim Tebow conundrum. How they respect Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. but not Colin. I just don't, I'm, that, that'll never make sense to me. It's called bias. Yeah, think. <laughs> but I you would like to. But right, but I would like to hear the people who do it explain it to me and tell me it's not bias. I, I want to hear that. 
I should probably figure out a person to have a conversation with that, that finds the Tim Tebow kneeling okay, but the Colin Kaepernick kneeling not okay. If you're that person, you should email us or call us sometime. We'd love to hear what that's about. That would be interesting. Yeah. What's the difference? Pro-life, pro-life. Pro-my-life, pro-your-life. That's what it is. Who's that's life? the difference. Whose life? Whose life are you pro? My life or your life? It's my life. It's now or never. I ain't gonna live forever. I just wanna live while I'm alive. It's my life. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. A podcast with Shalini and Yamaka. The Violence Against Women Act just expired. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the shutdown. I know we said we weren't going to talk about doofus, but it's kind of related, I guess. Because of the shutdown? It's not because of the shutdown. It's because they wanted it to expire. They could have made that a priority just like they could make anything else a priority that they choose to make. It just so happens that it went happened during the shutdown that it expired. You don't think that was planned at all? They intentionally did not. They let it that. lapse. Yeah. intentionally. It's not like people weren't talking about it. I saw senators and representatives tweeting about it. It protects domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. It expired on Friday amid the government shutdowns, according to HuffPost. VAWA, Violence Against Women Act, officially expired at midnight on Friday due to the government shutdown, now in its sixth day. Don't let this go unnoticed. The Violence Against Women Act, which helps survivors of domestic abuse and sexual assault, expired with the government shutdown. Senator Kamala Harris tweeted on Sunday, adding, It's deeply concerning. Actor and Me Too activist Alyssa Milano added her disappointment. What country, What kind of country allows its Violence Against Women Act to expire? The same type of country that doesn't outlaw lynching for, for 500 years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that just became outlawed in case you didn't hear the news. They were too busy focusing on that. They can't do more than one civil rights legislation at a time so they were focusing on lynching so violence against women is not a priority at this time Mm. sorry i mean what do you expect we're asking too much so messed up yeah isn't that crazy like why couldn't they tack that onto that legislation they tack all types of stuff onto their various bills something that bugged me a little bit i don't care if you listen is the name of our podcast welcome to it episode 21 when i say bell hooks tell me what you think of bell hooks the author right feminism black feminism honey she never posts anything on facebook i like her on facebook she never posts anything the last thing on her facebook timeline that she posted was in regards to offset and how he tried to get Cardi B back. Girl. And I was like, Belle? Is that you? Belle? Excuse me, Belle? Offset needs his ass beat. Okay, but you don't think it's a little disturbing that Bell Hooks doesn't post anything ever? And I get the reason for the article, yes. That was crazy and that was out of control. You don't do that. And that was some serious like male privilege thing just walking in on homegirl's job like that but mm-hmm. that was the thing that we get to hear from bell hooks about because she's a black feminist and domestic violence is such a i think it's a unspoken epidemic 
in the black community, like right now, I think white people are having a hard time with opiates and the opiate epidemic. But I think black people are having a war with domestic violence and they're not speaking about it. Um, I like to see a, a little bit more research about it, but just based on some research that I've done internally with my own program in my own County, you know, yeah. It, it's just a small population, but I, I see disproportionate numbers of African-American people being referred for domestic violence in comparison with other populations. All right. I'll give it to you. But I was a little bit like, come on, Belle. I It's true. And I respect that. That is definitely got to be an issue that has to be addressed any way you can, no matter which way you do it. And if this is the way that Bell Hooks is like, you know, being relatable using what she's got to talk about with what's currently happening with the popular figure that people give a shit about, I guess. Yes. I expect more deep stuff from you. It's historically domestic violence and, and the feminist movement. That's what created the YWCA and their involvement in sexual abuse and sexual assault services mm. and domestic violence too. Um, it's, it's because of the work of feminist, feminism and black feminists. They came up with all kinds of empowerment theories and stuff like that. And I think Bell Hooks is deeply rooted into that. And she was probably a survivor. I think that's definitely the case. But I also know that the reason I was always attracted to Bell Hooks as far as, you know, her thoughts was that she frequently said that you can't have the racism conversation without the sexism conversation. Because it's uh-huh. kind of one and the same. You can't say, I want to fight racism, but not deal with the sexism issue. You can't. They're both interrelated. They're totally parallel to each other. And the second that you start saying one is more important than the other, that's why I was always kind of, that's what drew me to her, was that thought process. But, yeah, but she probably got caught up in a relationship that was characterized by power and control. Totally could be it. But I hope that, you know, being who she is, that that's not, I mean, it would be sad to hear that somebody like that has to deal with that. Like that would be really, that would break my heart. But, but we should ask bell hooks about that. Bell hooks. I really do. I want to know too. Why, why was that her post? But then again, maybe she feels like she's just a person and she, maybe she doesn't want to be the most, the voice of the feminist movement anymore. 76,682 followers. She knows she's got a voice on June 12th. She made a post. Okay. And June 12th, she made a post. What to do when the mother country wants to send you back on the wind rush, navigating the hostile environment, something, right? Okay. <laughs> on December 18th, she shared a post, just a graphic, that says, The first act of violence that patriarchy demands of males is not violence toward women. Instead, patriarchy demands of all males that they engage in acts of psychic self-mutilation, that they kill off the emotional parts of themselves. If an individual is not successful in emotionally crippling himself, he can count on patriarchal men to enact rituals of power that will assault his self-esteem. That's something she said. That's by Bell Hooks, and it says because men need feminism too. December 18th. So then December 18th, 10 minutes later, and she hasn't posted since June, she posts the Cardi B post, and she says, while the rejected adolescent boy imagines that he can no longer receive his mother's love, because he is not worthy. As a grown man, he may act out in ways that are unworthy and yet demand of the woman in his life that she offer him unconditional love. Like, she's got deep thoughts on it. It's just kind of 
I think it's so random. Yeah. I just... She must be a Cardi B fan. So who are you going to call Cardi? Cardi? I have no idea. That is interesting. <laughs> Don't you think? It just it was caught me off guard. I was like, that hooks. Okay. Maybe her kids or her grandkids are going through that. So she wanted to take a stance to kind of make a parallel comparison. Yeah. I hope he's not abusive. Because Cardi B, I did not really, I watched the James Corden karaoke with Cardi Popping B. Popping up without being invited is abusive. That's Exactly. That's And especially when abuse. a woman is in her workspace. Like, that is, you don't, she wouldn't do that to you to diminish your workspace. Right. You don't do that to her to diminish her workspace. Like, I don't know. That's kind of the whole gist of what she was. It's a boundary issue. It's it's a boundary. He doesn't have appropriate boundaries and respect for her. Yeah. Dudes will do some crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, women too. Yeah, women too. I hear men actually talking more about women popping up at, well, I guess maybe both. Yeah. It's probably even. I saw a guy today, some crazy article about a guy who had like severe plastic surgery because he, uh, his girlfriend had filed a restraining order against him. So he had severe plastic surgery. So he didn't even look the same anymore. I was like, really? You'll go there over somebody? I guess. <laughs> Girl, you know what? I don't even want to talk about what people do for relationships because people are always, Girl, all these murder suicides. The murder suicide rate is just that's so gotta high. be like, attached. What? That's got to be attached to some kind of sex addiction, right? What? <laughs> I mean, that behavior. Doesn't that behavior murder suicide? Like, don't you think there has to be some kind of physiological? Like, it has to be associated. Some they're addicted no, to the person, I, right? I think it's about loss and not knowing how to deal with loss, feeling that you need to have control. I think, it, you know, it, a loss of a relationship is a loss of a lot of things. And to men, I think it's a loss of, you know, my self-image, my manhood as a provider, as a, you know, so as a father, as a, this is who I am. So, you know, it, they can't fathom another, assuming another identity. And, you know, I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm just trying to justify rationalize their stuff yeah (laughs) and and that really doesn't make any sense so i'm I'm gonna stop that i I always tell people don't try and rationalize crazy because it's impossible right um i I have no idea what would make somebody want to do that and then why would you off yourself after you off everybody else like what's what's the point of that What's in it for you when you do that? I don't get it. Nothing. Nothing. You know? So, so yeah, I don't even know what to say or think about that. But I do know the suicide rates are increasing across the country. I think about um, Chris's brother's suicide a lot. Yeah. I just feel like, damn, dude. Dion's homeboys had a similar situation to Scott's. What a waste. I know. What a waste. Like, dude. But, you know, I... Yes, everybody does what they feel like they have to do, but I guess, I don't know, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't either, sis. I don't get it. Like, I love life. And I can't, I wish Mike could extend life. Like, there's so much stuff I want to do, I don't know how I'm going to pack it all in. Right. Because I and just want to, some days I, fear. but yeah, and some days I just want to take a nap. So it's like those days where I just want to take a nap, and I know I should enjoy I taking a nap. I feel guilty. <laughs> right, because there's so much stuff I want to do. And I'm like, I shouldn't yep. be napping. I should be doing. There's so much stuff. Yep. 
But so it's like, go, 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 do, 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 do. Because you never know how much time you got left. And you want to make that mark. And you want to do this. And you want to do that. And you want to see this. And you want to see that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Bye. Why? And then you think of people Bye. who wish they had the opportunity and get robbed of it early, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know? Rest in peace, Tika. Rest in peace, Tika. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. No win, battle me, that's a sin I won't ever slack up, punk, you better back up Try and play the role and you're the whole crew will act up Get up, stand up, come on, throw your hands up If you got the feeling, jump up, press the ceiling Monks, let's a bump up, someone's fucking junk Yeah, I'll bust them in the eye, and then I'll take the punks out Feeling, funk it, amps in a junk And I got more rhymes than this cops that a junkie Donut shop, sure enough, I got props From the kids on the hill with my mom and my pops I came to get down, I came to get down So get out your seat and jump around, jump around Another child died in the custody of our U.S. Customs Border Patrol, this time a little boy, eight years old. Such a tragedy. Came here for a better life. <sighs> That's so sad. What's the other side saying about that? You watch Fox News, what'd they say about it? <laughs> I don't watch Fox News. I watch the local Fox. Uh-huh. And on Sundays, I watch Chris Wallace. Uh-huh. Chris Wallace, Fox News. What, what what did they say about it? I don't think they were talking about it. I don't think it came out until after their thing. Today? And they were doing a rundown of the year. What were their highlights? I don't even want to know what the highlights Okay, Christmas Eve. Eight-year-old Guatemalan boy suffered a cough, vomiting, and fever. Died in U.S. custody at a New Mexico hospital. Identified as Felipe Gomez Alonso, second child in three weeks to die while being detained during the U.S.-Mexico border by U.S. authorities. And you know what pisses me off about that is it here in Michigan we just had breaking news about lesion ears disease. Yeah, with and Flint, with the water, that, right? No, this is actually in Hastings, like between Grand Rapids and Battle Creek. Oh wow! Yeah, they just got a case there. And that's one of the symptoms is nausea, fever, all that stuff. And then remember last week we were talking about how the troops were pouring out water and, you know, dehydration. That's another symptom. So that just, yeah, that is heartbreaking, especially if it was preventable by something simple as clean water, which they had. They poured out bottled water to pour out water. Oh, you want to take them away from their parents and then you don't want to take care of them. Joaquin Castro of Texas said, Many questions remain unanswered regarding the deaths, but noted the lack of adequate medical supplies, equipment, and resources at CBP detention facilities to treat migrants and the agents working there. Castro also suggested many more migrants were taking more dangerous paths into the country because of the Trump administration's policy of turning asylum seekers away from legal ports of entry. This policy, he said, was putting families and children in great danger. So why do we have policies that put people in danger? During the Christmas season, mainly supported by people who call themselves Christians and pro-life. Hello, do you not see the comedy there? Do you not see it? Do you not feel absolutely batshit crazy putting a manger in front of your house that lights up at the same time supporting somebody that's like, yeah, we need a wall to block those kids. They call themselves pro-life and they want you to save a baby in utero, but they don't want to take care of a kid that's born and whose parents want a better life for it. 
Up way in a manger, no crib for his bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. I was just watching United 93 last night. Like the same prayers that the the terrorists, the Islamic terrorists on those planes were saying, the same prayers that the Christians say in church. I mean, it's the same thing. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I'm like, whoa, what's the, where, <laughs> who's, who's hijacking this plane? Are you talking to the same? Because sound like you're talking to, not just to Allah, sound like you're talking to Jehovah and Jesus and it's all the same. Doing a lot of dirty stuff in the name in God's name. That's the crazy thing. How all the dirty stuff that happens in this world in God's name. Mm-hmm. Most of it happens in God's name. Scary. Better think, people. Better think. So I have an idea. I think Michelle and Barack and Oprah and LeBron and Colin. And maybe a few other people, like the Dalai Lama and Deepak Chopra, maybe we should all, like, make Wakanda. (laughs) Girl, yes. A place to hide out where they cannot find us. Let's go. Let's grow vegetables. Go back to Africa, huh, (laughs) Shell? Let's all go to Wakanda. Let's go make Wakanda and let's all go. I mean, let's go to a safe place where we could just grow, be happy, and not worry about these crazy MRFers because they're really trying to do some stuff. Some crazy stuff. Hateful. Mm, hateful. If only. If only. <laughs> Go back to Wakanda. Not Africa. Wakanda. Wakanda's not necessarily Africa. Well, it was in the, in the movie. Yeah. But you're right. We don't know where that damn valley was. We just know it's a deep drop. <laughs> <laughs> This is how I want to leave it. I love you. I don't care if you listen. Episode 21. I still got to say it over and over again. He is Russian intelligence. Love you, Lee. You got the evidence. Get smart for the shit start. Before it get dark. Before they hit you with the pitchfork. Better crip walk. This is real talk. Smoke push and push. Then we peel off. Still rolling with the wheels off. Always looking out for the crisscross. I'm 
I'm a bigger boss than Rick Ross. Always winning, nigga get lost. It's the warlord, bring the voodoo. When I bail through, it's crazy like Bellevue. What they tell you, leave that boy alone, like I'm alone. Fuck a skull and bone, arrest the president. You got the evidence, that nigga is Russian intelligence. When it rains, it pours. Did you know the new white was orange? 